The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. Today is Monday, April 10th, 2023. We hope you all had a very happy Easter celebration. We have a lot to get to, including a player, big-time player, who has a new home in the NFL. But before we keep going, a reminder that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. That code SBNFL stands for the SB Nation NFL Show, which you can listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out. You can also watch us live on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. We have two and a half about weeks to go until the NFL draft, so things are picking up. We're getting through the lulls. I wanted the doldrums, so to speak, of the NFL offseason. The fantastic Rachelle Prevet, who undoubtedly has some thoughts on what we're going to talk about today, is behind the glass. My name is RJ Ocho, and with me today, my co-pilot, Jeremy Reisman from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit. Jeremy, you have said before that you do not watch Succession, so I imagine that you did not watch Sunday night's episode. Uh, would I be correct in making that particular assumption? You are. I, I did read the tweets about it, though. And so it seems mm-hmm. like something significant happened. And so congratulations and or I'm sorry about what happened. I'm not a hyperbolic person. I'm not a dramatic person. I would never be that way. Um, it was one of the most intense hours of television I've ever seen. Um, so like I'm kind of like, you know, just it's so rare that there's the that like kind of water cooler show nowadays. Yeah. It, it was just it was enthralling. I, I was I was captivated by, by the episode. Um, what is an episode of TV that did that for you in the past? Ooh, uh, you have to go Breaking Bad, probably like Ozymandias was was incredible. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like when I see that sort of stuff happen, it really I, it gives me a lot of FOMO, right? Like I'm, I am I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but everyone like the Red Wedding, like mm. that was an event episode. Um, so, yeah, now now I feel like I need to binge everything of succession <laughs> until so I can get caught up by next week. So after we're done with this episode, I'm, I'm starting a, a however right. long it takes. It's only games. on its fourth. Yeah, it's only on its fourth season, so you don't have like a too steep of a hill to climb. Um, the episode of Breaking Bad you mentioned. My favorite line from it um, is actually, I, th- I think we're safe on spoilers at this point. Um, sure. When Hank tells Walt uh, when he's when he's got the gun to his head and he says, "You know, you're the smartest person I've ever known," 
and you're too stupid to see that he made his mind up 10 minutes right. ago or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the most powerful line. And I don't know, like, that's a surface level thought from people. I'm not saying like I'm super deep or anything like that, but like, that's what's cool about succession is like the most powerful lines aren't the like taglines. They're these like deep things that are like ingrained in the small minutiae of the episode. So um, very cool times. It was also Easter. Uh, did you get a basket? I didn't know, sadly. Mm, okay. <laughs> Uh, my son did, and my dog did, uh, so they did, and I did not. Um, but you'll be, uh, you'll be picking through their basket over the next few days, I imagine. Yeah. Um, last thing before we get to our uh, our main course here. Um, last week, Jeremy and I made a wager uh, on Monday Football Monday uh, based on the what was then upcoming series between the Houston Astros and the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers took the first two games, took me out of it right away. Jeremy, first two wins of the season for yeah. the Tigers coming at and, my and Astros only expense. May I add? At this point, they've been swept by <laughs> yeah. the other two series that they've had. Um, but thank you um, Astros, for letting us believe for at least a couple more days that the Tigers might actually have a chance to do something this year. Right. So um, I owe you um, a consumed uh, Detroit style deep dish pizza. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I, I owe you like at some point sure. I'll take a picture. In a, you did a great job taking a picture, by the way, of the lasagna that you yes. made. Uh, so um, I'll, I'll definitely provide photographic evidence. Uh, whenever, uh, whenever I ultimately can, but, um, I was going to make a lame segue about Easter baskets and say like the Baltimore Ravens had an Easter basket, whatever, but it was, you know, we're past that. And it, you know, it would have been stupid to say it out loud. Uh, it's really my point. Uh, but, but describing the, the whole process that was not <laughs> stupid. That was totally worth it. Right. Exactly. Um, you and I, two weeks ago, we did the Baltimore Ravens Lamar Jackson episode here on Monday football Monday. We're about to do, uh, winners and losers as a result of the Baltimore Ravens signing Odell. Beckham Jr. At last, the plane has landed. We don't have to be on Odell Watch anymore. Um, I have certainly written my fair share of articles on SB Nation properties about Odell Beckham Jr. given his uh, connection to the Cowboys. I don't know how much Lions fans were, were in on, if you want to call it the Odell sweepstakes, um, but they're losers. Every loser except for Ravens fans. Um, I think you have the contract details uh, in front of you, Jeremy. I'm not 100% certain, but uh, it's a one-year deal worth up to $18 million. I believe $15 million of that is guaranteed. Um, so initial takeaways, initial thoughts on Odo Beckham Jr. joining the Lamar Jackson list, maybe Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, the, the contract terms were were interesting. Uh, you, you pretty much nailed it. I think 13 and change of that is a signing bonus. And then you have to kind of assume that some of that salary is, is probably fully guaranteed as well. That's a lot of money for a, a 30 year old Odell Beckham Jr. who's coming off the, the ACL, I believe his second ACL tear already. But it's it's a Hail Mary, I think, from from the Ravens, right? It, it is a last-ditch effort to kind of not only compete this year, but make sure that 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 Lamar is in your good graces. And if his Instagram account was any indication, it certainly seemed like it helped, right? It certainly seemed like Lamar is pretty psyched about this FaceTiming Odell and 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 you know, just posting all over. So I, I guess it it's, it's, it almost feels like you're not really just paying 15 million to Odell Beckham. You are also kind of putting in a, a an ante into the let's bring Lamar Jackson uh, back hand, so to speak. So I, I know some people will look at that and be like, wow, you gave that much money and you're not willing to dish it on Lamar. I don't think he sees it that way. I think he sees this as an, and as, as an investment in himself. So uh, in that case, I guess it's a win. It still feels like a lot of money to me, but at the same time, if, if it means you have a better chance at, at mending this bridge with Lamar Jackson, maybe that's worth it. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I'm, 
Um, we kind of talked about this with the Lamar thing. I think you and I are simpatico on this um, as, as fans of teams who have had their struggles, certainly, I guess, over the course of our entire lives. The Ravens have been this team that, like, I, I know I have always looked to, to, like, man, why can't we just be like that? Like, like why can't we, you know, there's, there's sort of this, like, model of consistency. This, this is super not in their wheelhouse, like, not in their playbook. Like, this is, you know, I, I it I, it kind of takes some shine off the Ravens. Like, the, the Ravens are one of the more successful, like, modern-day, like, post-whatever, 2000. I mean, that is, like, their whole history at this point. But, like, you know, they're, they're one of the more successful, like, Tiffany brands of the NFL in the new millennium, new century, whatever. Like, this this is a little desperation. I, I agree with you, like in the logic behind it. Like maybe this is like a an, I think an ant or like adding to the ante is a great word. Like maybe it's a bluff, um, so to speak, or, or paying the big blind, whatever. Um, but like, did we really think Lamar was gonna leave? I know we like played the game. Like, where could he go? But like, the most logical outcome was that he was gonna play for the Ravens in 2023 anyway. So like, this is just doubling down on that logic. Yeah, I can see that because yeah, it did kind of seem like things were trending towards him returning. There's, I mean, there's no other legitimate offers out there. I guess the, the one thing this might protect you from is him sitting out a year, which is something we kind of toyed with the idea of last year. We, I don't really know if Lamar is, is that type of guy that would have done that. But at the same time, like he was pretty resolute in, in everything. And it certainly seemed like, I don't know, he he was going to get what he wanted or or come come hell or high water. And and I don't know. I, I do think this helps. I mean, you could see how excited he was yesterday on Instagram. I know, I know that it's it's silly to maybe read too much into an Instagram post, but it does feel like this has worked to already to to some degree in, in, in mending that relationship there. And not to mention that the Ravens really do need wide receiver help, right? We we talk about it every year. I don't know if Odell Beckham's going to be that guy. He, is he going to live up to a fifteen million dollar a year contract? Probably not. But again, you're you're paying for a little bit more extra here than than just Odell. I just. I mean, I don't know. I guess where it's potentially valuable um, to make everything about the Cowboys because that, I mean, literally is my job. Uh, when when the Cowboys traded for Stephon Gilmore, and I didn't really realize that Stephon Gilmore had this much like sway um, in the NFL, but like all the Cowboys defenders were like freaking out. Like, I mean, they, they were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he's again. I'm I'm obviously thrilled by the trade, but they're like he's this like modern day goat to them. Um, and I didn't really view Stephon Gilmore in that sort of like pantheon. Yeah. Um, now Odell has has been around the NFL for a long time, uh, very famous person, very successful person. Um, so I could see it having like that sort of effect. Lamar is what four NFL years younger than Odell, so I mean you could kind of see him being like captivated to your point, like by the mystique of it all, and that being some uh, sort of pseudo investment towards retaining Lamar and upping the cachet value of who they are as an offense. Yeah, and and I mean I, I feel like. The GM has said, I think Lamar said it, like they've just needed wide receiver help for so long. And so even I think the act of, you know, just throw Odell out, throw the contract, just an investment in the wide receiver position. Finally, I know Ravens fans are finally thrilled about this. And and yeah, maybe you paid a little bit extra out of pocket, but that's that's called free agency. Although I will I I do find it very funny that uh, on Twitter and a very short lived tweet um, from Andrew Brandt, a former uh, Packers front office guy, it's like, I doubt that that 15 million guaranteed is actually guaranteed. And then like once the actual signing bonus, which was 14 and change came out, he quickly deleted the tweets like, Oh yeah, it actually is 15 million guaranteed. Whoops. Um, It's, I, I gotta be honest. This feels kind of flat to me. You know, like I, I was, it wasn't like in the, you know, places it felt like, 
uh, when JJ Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals. It was like, what? <laughs> you know, right. like at the time it was, he, he was like, you know, connected to the Steelers because of his brothers yeah. and, and the Browns at the time. And like the, even the Bills, I think were in the mix of that moment. It's like the Cardinals, like it was such a weird thing. Um, this isn't maybe that level weird, but it is, it is a little bit out of left field. Um, like I said, we have to do winners and losers connected to this um, in many different ways. But before we like completely exit the subject of the Ravens, we do have to bring in our resident Baltimore Ravens fan, resident Baltimore Ravens expert, and that is Rachel. Uh, Rachel, congratulations on OBJ joining your team. Um, you're somebody who's a, a fan of style um in in every facet of your life and so odell's a pretty stylish person so he's gonna look awesome uh at the very least in the raven form but other than the um sort of uh superficial uh like details as far as his joining the team what are your thoughts um i did not see this coming uh first of all shout out to me because last week we did the questions that were unanswered and i brought up Odell Beckham and I was not expecting to see him land in Baltimore. I remember thinking Jets, that was like the big name team that we thought would made sense. And so when this came out, it was kind of like, is this for real? Is it a joke? And I think one of the biggest parts that you just touched on is Odell Beckham is one of those flashy players in the league. And so it's interesting to see him landing in Baltimore out of all cities, like compared to maybe like a New York. I think that that's kind of very interesting, but I mean, the Ravens need it. I had posted like a couple of these little banners just talking about, like we know the Ravens track record when it comes to wide receivers, they, what they've been ranked last in the NFL of three of the four last four seasons. And so uh, when you just look at the Ravens current wide receiver room, this immediately elevates them. You know, I don't know what this means for players like Rashad Bateman, who definitely was an impact player last year, but I mean, we need it. And I think that this move is just the Ravens turning a new leaf. Like maybe they're just trying to do something different. Um, they have a new offensive coordinator who has history with Odell Beckham Jr. And so maybe that played a part, but I'm here for it. My biggest thing as a fan is just, he needs to be healthy. We've had we've seen several incidences where the Ravens bring in like these older wide receivers and they've had success and they have had not much success. So it's kind of just like, which direction is this going to go in? And all you can do is kind of wait and see how that pans out. Mm, yeah. Derek Mason, Anquan Bolden, yeah. Steve Smith, like just kind of bring in somebody who had a Hall of Fame career for a different team um, and allow them to thrive. That's the Baltimore Ravens way. So, um, oh, this is. um this is your question, Rachel. This is, I guess, so I, I'll ask you the question, Jeremy, that Rachel wrote up. Uh, wrote up. Odell is the best Ravens wide receiver since who? Your nominees, Rachel, were Steve Smith, Anquan, and Derek Mason. Were those <laughs> like coincidence? Wow, uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Man, it, uh, probably Steve Smith. Honestly, like Steve Smith is one of my favorite all-time players, not just for his on-field play, but his on-field attitude. And so, right, I. I don't think Odell's better than Steve Smith, honestly. Um, he he ha He's always had the potential to, but health has gotten in the way, drama has gotten in the way, all that sort of stuff. Not being able to stick with one team has, has gotten in the way. Not that Steve Smith necessarily stu stuck around with, with one team necessarily. But yeah, I think I think Steve Smith is probably the answer. And, and yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that feels like ages ago <laughs> at this point. Yeah, Hollywood Brown never like took off. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were moments, but I I remember thinking the Steve Smith thing was not going to work out. I remember um, when he signed with the Ravens and he t was asked about that the game was going to play against the Panthers. He said there would be blood and guts everywhere. And I remember thinking like, dude, let's let's relax. Like, you know, you're you're a little bit washed at this point. And he had like 200 yards against the Panthers, like in that game. Like it was 
it was pretty thick, like how um how he could just kind of go off like that. So what's your answer, Rachel? Odell's the best Ravens Ravens wide receiver is a hard thing to say, but the best Ravens wide receiver since who? I I kind of was leaning more towards Bolden. I could see that one easily. He I, was really good in Baltimore. Yeah, that's yeah. a player who I remember very, very much so. Um, and so I would say Bolden. What about you? Mm, before John Harbaugh felt bad about beating his brother in the Super Bowl, <laughs> carried him away. um okay uh well we've touched on the ravens angle ravens making lots of news as of late rachel um man rachel ravens wide receiver it's a lot of work um yeah i was gonna be named raven born in 1996 my dad is a ravens fan of course and they were gonna name me raven glad they didn't but fun fact yeah would they have spelled it like the the mascot or like with a y because i know some people spell like uh, like v y nope with the e that was it Wow, you would have like thinking about it. You would have like been that so Raven. Like that would have happened a lot. Yeah, um, you would have had to, <laughs> to you growing up so much. Exactly. Yeah, kind of might have worked out better for yeah. you. Yeah. Um. So, oh, thank you, Rachel. Not Raven. Um. We'll revisit uh you in a little bit to find out who wins the MF Double MVP. Maybe some sort of Raven. Um. But um, there are Ravens in Game of Thrones, Jeremy. I know you didn't watch, but that's kind of like a a, a core element of the show. Uh. So you know, maybe if you have some time. Um. Although the ending to that. Not, <laughs> yeah, I, just don't watch the final like six episodes, uh, and you'll be yeah, fine. It's, uh, like it's like lost, like, right? Like you just watch the first season, and then you're like, okay, that oh. was a cool show, man. I, Sorry, said, I, I said scrubs, but lost, yeah, so, like what, what ninth season of scrubs, but like, uh, lost <laughs> was man, it was so good early on, and then it just like completely fell apart. Um, okay, uh, so I told you and Rachel like five minutes before we started that we were gonna do winners and losers. I have one in mind. Uh, it's super low-hanging fruit, but do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to buy you some time and go first? Like, how do you want to do this? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to take here. So tell me if it's a winner or a loser that's in your mind. Mine is a loser. Okay. I, I think, have several, I think... but the first one, the the one that I'm talking about is a loser. I'm going to let you have that then, and I'll start with a winner then, and and talk about low-hanging fruit. I, I think Odell is, isn't a huge winner in this. Um, I mean... That much guaranteed for for a guy that's had as many injuries as he has for a guy who I mean the drop off from we, we always talk about drop offs in, in running back and in a whole like the drop off at thirty for wide receivers is tremendous and for a guy coming off an injury like, I'm in my mid thirties at this point I get injured every single day it feels like so uh, <laughs> at the, and listen I'm not comparing my myself to Odell Beckham but I'm just saying like coming off a serious injury it gets harder and harder to rehab from that sort of stuff and I. I don't have a lot of confidence in him staying healthy. And so getting 15 million guaranteed is ridiculous. And now he's, I mean, he's going to be the show on on offense, at least in the passing game now, because there isn't a lot. There's Mark Andrews and a whole bunch of other guys. Nelson Aguilar was like their big wide receiver pickup before this. So he, he gets, you know, a prime spotlight in, in Baltimore. He, He joins a very competitive football team and he gets 15 million in his pocket. No matter what happens, that is, Win, win, win for, for Odell Beckham. I agree with you. Um, the uh, idea of hurting yourself at a mid-30 age level uh, really struck close to home. The other day, I woke up and my back hurt. Like, I didn't, like, do anything. It wasn't like I, like, you know, went and did something yep. and, like, it's like, oh, my back hurt as a result. I was like, no, I just woke up. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so that's life. Uh, but, um, but yeah, like, I agree with you. Um, if Odell's goal, and I, I'm not even, like, chastising this, but if Odell's goal is to be the show, um, it worked out. Like, you, you get to be, like, the center of attention for a really marquee, uh, you know, team obviously in the NFL that you're going to be on prime time, probably maybe not the max level of the games, but you're going to come close to it. You play in all likelihood 
with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You have a very visible head coach, a very visible kicker. Like just kind of there's a lot of attention on the Ravens. Um, and Odell gets the pop of playing the Browns twice a year, obviously, as a division rival. Um, so you've got that element. And um, I would love to see the Ravens open up with the Bengals because the last game he played, he could have been the MVP of when the Rams beat the Bengals, obviously, in the Super Bowl. So lots of Odell storylines percolating in the ether. Uh, for um, whoever he winds up playing on. And it's a new color scheme. I mentioned that, but like he played for the Giants. You know, obviously the Browns is like this weird one off. Like nobody really likes their color scheme. And then the Rams or whatever, like he hasn't had any purple in his life. So he gets to, you know, bring back some of that LSU stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. LSU gear is now relevant. Yeah. I, color purple is drastically underutilized in sports. That's Love a good all. point. Um, yeah. Like I mean, the Kings like and hockey. Rockies, in like hockey? all the king. You mean the Kings in in basketball? Yeah, well, both actually. <laughs> I guess the Kings in hockey do have some purple. Uh, the The Rockies is maybe the best utilization of purple, True. I think, in in American professional sports. Um, there's not really like I can't think of an international team, like a European team that uses purple. Like I can't yeah. think of a Premier League team. But it's 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 royalty. Um, like what what are we doing here? It's perfect for sports. That's a good point. I mean, the Ravens have some great uniforms. I don't like um, their purple pants that, that they've brought up as of late. Um, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Because uh, what, it's like the gold numbers. I'm not a fan of that. Um, black and purple together just slaps. You know what it I mean? Pops. Like, don't sure. don't steer far away from there. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Good for us. Uh, Odell, super low hanging fruit. That's a good point. Um, I'm going to go off the Ravens, but I think John Harbaugh is a bit of a winner here. John Harbaugh was kind of in a tough spot. You know what I mean? This spots him a little bit of slack. Not that John Harbaugh needs it, but still. Uh, but anyway, my loser is the New York Jets. Uh, was that who you thought I was going? I was going to say Aaron um, Rodgers. So, yes, essentially. Well, I think the, the Jets are the bigger loser because, yeah. you know, this is one dude that Aaron wanted. Like, what is Aaron's bugaboo with the Packers is they didn't do the things that Aaron wanted. So, so like, yeah. you're, you're already starting off left-footed. Um, and all the reports were that Odell gave the Jets the opportunity to match, um, and they didn't. And you can sit here, and you can wisely say that it would not have been wise of the Jets to match this particular contract offer. But Aaron Rodgers isn't going to sit here and wisely say that. He's going to sit there in his Aaron Rodgersness and be like, I told you I wanted Odell. Like, why, why, why didn't you, you know, you had the chance to match. Why didn't you? What, this is why the trade hasn't happened yet, because you're not acquiescing. You're not doing everything I say, Jets. What's wrong with you? Um, and this does, whether right, wrong, fair, and different, Jeremy, I think it perpetuates the idea that the Jets are still the lowly losers, that nobody wants to join. You can't even get Odell to join your team at this point in time. Yeah, and, and that I, I also I, I throw Aaron Rodgers in this category too, though, because if, if you were that elite-level quarterback that everyone wants to play with, Maybe you take a shorter deal to play with him. And and the fact of the matter mm -hmm. is Aaron Rodgers just isn't that guy anymore. He wasn't that guy in Green Bay. He didn't draw. I mean, how 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 eager was Devontae Adams to get out of there, right? Like he, he loved Aaron Rodgers, but he loved playing for the Raiders more, right? And so to me, I, I, I think you have more too to that point. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. To me, it, it just feels like Aaron Rodgers gets to get thrown in here. And maybe this is just my Detroit Lions-ness hatred of Aaron Rodgers creeping in, but, but it feels like he also like, if, if he was the draw that he thinks he is, this deal would have been done. I mean, they were, remember the, the, the photo that was taken at the, at the owner's meeting, it felt like everything was trending jets with this. And so the fact that Aaron Rodgers and the jets couldn't close this deal is, is a condemnation of both. I would say. I agree with you entirely. Um, and I hate Aaron Rod. Like, look, I know that you've lost more, to Aaron Rodgers as a Lions fan, but I think I've lost like more deeply to Aaron Rodgers as a Cowboys fan. You get what I'm saying? Like 
again, this isn't like a shot at the Lions, um, but like the games I've lost Aaron Rodgers that bother me were seismic in in terms of opportunity. Um, you know, I'm not again cool. The Lions lost a Week 14 game to Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure that was upsetting, but Unhailed you know, try try, <laughs> try losing a, a, a divisional round playoff game to get to a place where you haven't been in 27 years. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, not not exactly apples to apples. But that being said, we both hate him, so we're on the same wavelength there. Um, I do think that they're losers in different ways. Um, yeah. like Aaron, I think Aaron is experiencing this like loserness for the first time. Like, I think it's like, oh man, now I'm a loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like, I've got some loser qualities here and, and that's like the normal progression of life, right? Like you've been, you can't be the winner forever, right? Like sure. eventually you have to become the loser. Um, whereas the jets, like, that's why I think the jets are the bigger loser is cause it's like, man, y'all been like walking and talking like winners. You know what I mean? Like this off sure. season when you're still the losers, like that's what I'm saying. Like, this this tugs at that thread of insecurity if you're a Jets fan that like man we really are not like you know we, oh we've got the big bad defense and Sauce Gardner and the reigning offensive and defensive record nobody cares like you're still the little brother to a lot of teams yeah no I think I think you're you're spot on there too it's 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 interesting well you know they still have a a, a good team and once this Rogers trade finally goes through they'll 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 be able to to brag again and but again it's all it's all just kind of talk at this point and and sure that's all you can do in in April but um i i think they still that's a team that still has a lot to prove and and listen if they would have given 15 million to to OD, o, OBJ like would i be sitting here saying that the jets are now super bowl contenders probably not if i'm being completely honest so i think i think it's worth pointing out what you said kind of at the top here where th- maybe this was the the right organizational move in terms of spending and cap spending and, and all that sort of stuff, but it still is a, it's an ego hit, right? It's a, it's a PR hit. It doesn't look good mm-hmm. that you were interested in Odell Beckham and then you didn't land him. And I think maybe that that's the real mistake there is being publicly interested in a guy like that so much that you're, you're shaking hands with him at, at the owner's meetings. And then you come up and empty handed. It's a bad look. It was probably still the right move though. I think for them. Um, I have a few more names on, on both the winners and losers side. Uh, do you have another one you want to go with? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the Bengals are losers here. I, I think, yeah, I, I, we, we've been anointing the Bengals as the clear number two in, in the AFC, but I, I think this is going to be enough to, to really strongly believe that Lamar's coming back. And if that's true, like the Ravens are in this conversation again, this was a really, really good team last year before Lamar got hurt. And they still without Lamar almost beat the Bengals in the playoffs in Cincinnati. I mean, that game was ridiculous. They, they were up, up until the, the fumble, but, like the massive, yeah. like swing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, They were in the driver that game in the fourth quarter with Tyler Huntley about to, to, to take the lead with like 10 minutes left. And then the, the, the fumble six happens and, and everything changes. And so this was a team that finished, I think eighth in DVOA last year. This is a team that's eight and four under Lamar Jackson. They are, a contender again, as long as Lamar comes back. And and I really do think this is a big step in him coming back. So I think the Bengals are, are no longer the presumed winner of the AFC North. And, uh, and yeah, that's where I'm at. So I'll buy a little bit of this. Um, like, I think it's, it's a bummer of a day for the Bengals, right? Sure. Like, or, you know, you would have preferred that, that Lamar left the AFC North, whatever, blah, blah. Um, but I think like, if we, if we took the three other teams in the AFC North and it was like, there was like a pie, like a loser pie that, that Jeremy just pulled out of the oven. I think the Bengals deserve the smallest slice. Like, cause the Bengals, like you're right. They almost lost, but they didn't, they still won. Um, and then they beat the bills obviously on the road. 
uh, in the playoffs. And I'll get to the Bills in a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, so like they're, they're still like a contender. Like, you know what I mean? Like we still sure. trust the Bengals to some degree. Yes. Like I think the bigger divisional losers are the Steelers and the Browns. Yeah, because sure. like you still have to go to the Bengals. And before maybe the last few weeks, you've been thinking like, all we got to do is go through the Bengals. And now it's like, well, you got to go through the Bengals and the Ravens. Now. Like, yeah. and I actually think the Browns might be the bigger losers because I'm willing, if, if there's any coach or team or structure in the NFL that I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to, it's Mike Tomlin, right? Like they did it again, finish above yeah. 500. Like yep. except we talked about them hiding in plain sight. I think yep. the Browns might be the biggest losers here because like, I think we still kind of think of the Browns the way we thought of them when Odell first joined them, when it was sure. like they have, one of the best rosters in the NFL outside of the quarterback position. That's no longer true. I mean, yeah. like the Brown, what did the Browns really like have going on that you like that you would trade for as a Lions fan or whatever, like Miles Garrett, obviously, but, and maybe Nick Chubb, I mean, whatever. I mean, I know disrespect to David Montgomery, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, the, the Browns are, are, are the team really looking up at everybody here. Yeah. that And it's kind of crazy to think that with the aggressive move they made to get a, a, a franchise quarterback just a couple of years ago, they are the clear number four in this division to me. Like it's not even close. And so, yeah, I, I, I get, I, I guess my, the reason why I didn't even consider the Browns is because I, I thought they were already so far behind the eight ball here that, you know, going from the third best team to the fourth best team, if that's even how you viewed it, it's just like, well, okay, okay. Who cares? You probably aren't already weren't making the playoffs. Now you're, you're even further away from, from getting there. So I, I totally understand where, you know, the Browns are just like, they, they continually just like they were at the top of the division a couple years ago after making that trade. They, they felt like their, their future was really good. And like then the Bengals came along and now the, the Steelers are, are still keeping their head above water. And now it seems like Baltimore is, is, is still not letting go of, of that kind of predominant um, kind of reputation that they've had for so long. It doesn't seem like they're going to fall off anytime soon either. So it's just the Browns are just going to continue to be Browns and an afterthought in that division right now. Yeah, I mean, that's really, like, you've been relegated to afterthought. Like, you had a moment in the yeah. Sun, Browns, where, like, um, like again, obviously, pre-Deshaun Watson, they had the, like, lovable. I think the, the Browns, the Jaguars, and the Lions have taken turns in the, like, the lowly underdog that every team has, like, every, like, NFL person has thought, like, this is the year they break through. And the Browns and Jaguars have experienced, like, little tastes of that. Uh, the Lions are kind of on the come up, obviously. Um, but the Browns have, like, just gone to the back of the class already. Like, everybody's, like, so dismissed them and, like, whatever um it's amazing how quickly that ha like if you would have told me that th in three years after they beat the Steelers in that wild card game that like they would be an afterthought it, it, it would have felt impossible it felt like they had captured the moment but right um but whatever um uh, that's a good one um so good job Jeremy um okay I have one it's all kind of connected it's like a like a chain reaction of winners and losers if that but it's it's like one subject if that makes sense are you ready for this I'm I'm it's cool what a build up <laughs> so um <laughs> Obviously, Odell took a little bit of a, a free agency tour um, through the second half of the regular season. And we chronicled that, chronicled that at Blocking the Boys because the Dallas Cowboys were one of the teams that he was connected to. Do you recall the other two teams that Odell took visits with? I don't. This was it, oh, during the regular season, like kind of around. Right. Yeah. I remember it happening. I, I was not. We were not. The lines were not involved in the sweepstakes. So I'm, I'm not. <laughs> not, okay. not at all. Okay. It's not interesting. Especially if the, so, the Cowboys are interested in. I'm just I'm like, whatever. <laughs> OK, so it's the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, um, the Buffalo Bills and oh. the New York Giants. Um, so to me, like th there are four entities of winners, losers, losersness here for me in this chain reaction. I consider the Dallas Cowboys to be supreme winners. Um, the Dallas Cowboys traded for Brandon Cooks. 
did not sure. sign Odell Beckham Jr. They had every opportunity to sign Odell, seemingly, and they did not overpay. In fact, the Dallas Cowboys have Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore on their salary cap for $20 million this year, uh, as opposed to this contract that, and good for Odell, like we've said, but like, you know, the Cowboys managed to do the smart thing. You know what I mean? They didn't pounce. They didn't jump at the big name and the big moment and all the attention. I mean, you, you mentioned it, like the Cowboys Odell storyline was beleaguered to death. You know what I mean? Around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And the Cowboys did not do the stupid thing. They were patient. They were smart. And they got the better deal out of it all. And, and probably the better player. Like right, right now, who would you rather have? Brandon Cooks or Odo Beckham Jr.? Probably Cooks. Thank you. Uh, so I think the Cowboys are sup- not just winners, supreme <laughs> winners here. Um, mm. I think the New York Giants are also winners here. Now, they did not add a premier wide receiver, obviously, over the offseason. They did sign Paris Campbell, which I think is a, like a low-key, underrated, cool thing. Uh, sure. They traded for Darren Waller, went, went and added a very legitimate pass catcher for Daniel Jones in this offense. And say what you will, I'm not getting into the like Odell Diva stuff, whatever, but like both the Cowboys and Giants kept themselves away from any of those potential scenarios showing up and rearing their head with him on their team, right? And they have both added premier dynamic pass catchers. Again, would you rather have Odo Beckham Jr. or Darren Waller on the lines? Darren Waller, for sure. Right. So I think the Cowboys and Giants played it smart, played it cool, and ultimately wound up on the right side of things. Now, I think the Bills, shout out to our friends, by the way, at Buffalo Rumblings, who were very upset (laughs) with with what we had to say last (laughs) week about the Bills. I think the Bills are big losers here. Like, I mean, and I'm not saying, like, the Bills should have done this deal, because like you said about what I said, objectively this is not the most wise deal to give to Odell Beckham Jr., which is why it is such a big win for Odell. But Bill, what what have the Bills done? Like we, we mentioned the Cowboys and the Giants, the teams who were connected to Odell. They went and got a dynamic playmaker to add to their offense. Will they win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But like they still did it, right? They they identified a need, they identified a solution, and they pursued it and they landed it. What have the Bills done? The Bills, by their own admission, needed Odell, did not get Odell, didn't get anybody else. Like what what like th- this was the last thing, right? Like, th- like on some level, some Bills fan was holding out hope. I have to believe that Odell was going to be theirs. I feel like this is the second episode in a row that Gabe Davis is going to catch some strays, which doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem fair to him. Uh, I don't know what he did to deserve that, but I mean, it's, it's 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 interesting, right? I I do I do think there's maybe a little bit of homerism at play here if we're going to trash the Jets, who have a pretty good receiving core for not for not signing Odell, but Dallas, who also has a pretty good receiving core for also not signing Odell. I feel like I feel like I feel like what the Jets did was warranted. I feel like what the Cowboys did was warranted. Maybe not so much the Bills because they, they like you said, they they haven't really improved that that skill position room. Um, but and the offseason's not over. Like, l- let's see what they do in the NFL draft. Um, it, it, DeAndre Hopkins still is an option, right? Like, you, you sure. would have to think. Um, so, and that actually, my last loser connected to my chain reaction was kind of Odell. So Odell's both a winner and a loser because yeah. these three teams hosted him and did extensive work on him seemingly. Yeah. And all passed. Even the Bills, who I just said were a loser for doing so. Like, what does that really say? You know that that you know that these three teams got intimately involved, and that the Cowboys preferred Brandon Cooks, the Giants preferred Darren Waller, the Bills preferred no one. The Jets, yeah. who are so desperate to like earn any sort of legitimacy, also <laughs> passed. Well, I I think it's probably his asking price was too high, right? But it turned out he got kind of what he was looking for because the Ravens came in and swooped him and, and paid him as much as they did. I don't know if it's so much a condemnation of, of him as a talent. I think, I think he mostly got rave reviews for that personal workout, right? Earlier in this off season, I think he looked good. I think he looked speedy. I think, I think people were just like, okay, but we're not going to give you 
15 million guaranteed because that's insane for someone at, at 30 at, at your injury history. And the Ravens apparently didn't think so. And again, I, I think maybe part of that is just played into like, hey, let's just do a good favor by Lamar. Let's pay a little bit extra out of pocket. We'll probably, I mean, we haven't seen the contract details, but I imagine they added like three or four void years on there so that the year one hit is probably only going to be like four or 5 million instead of 15. But it still feels like a, a severe overpay to me, which to me is why I think Odell is still ultimately a winner here, despite the fact that, you know, contenders decided to pass on him. I have another one, but do you have one? Yeah, I, I think, uh, actually, I forgot what it was. So let, why don't you go and I'll, I'll, I'll remember what the other one was. Um, as I identify this, um, in our current moment, I think a winner is DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre clearly wants out of Arizona. The Cardinals seem more than fine to allow him to walk. Again, not trying to chastise the Odell to Baltimore thing because I want MF double MVP and I don't want to upset Ray Shell, but it doesn't feel like like I think I think the the NFL or the AFC would be in more trouble if Odell joined the Bills, right? Like because we don't know the full status of Lamar. If we did, maybe our opinions are a little bit more different here. But if you're DeAndre Hopkins, would you rather play for the Ravens in their current situation or the Bills, right? Like, and so, like, I think DeAndre's situation has improved. Um, so my question is, is DeAndre Hopkins a winner or a loser to you? And my subsequent question is, who is the most likely team to now trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Is it the Bills? Man, that's a, that's a loaded question. I think, I think probably it's, it, he, I would define him as a winner. I mean, we, we have to see, obviously, what, what the plans are. I mean, we're, I think we're all just speculating at this point that, that he'll get traded. Maybe he doesn't at all and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I think, I think he's now the the clear best option out there for a team that, that might be desperate for a wide receiver and an NFL draft class that doesn't feature a ton of like, right. I would say wide receiver one options that leaves him as a very possible draft day trade option. Um, very much like we saw last year. So the bills, I think are, are I mean, yeah, I think they're, they're, a destination that makes all the sense in the world because they don't have a great receiving core because they are a team that wants to compete now and, and prove us all wrong that, that they're sliding in, in relevance in, in a more and more competitive AFC. Um, I'm trying to think of any other teams that might be wide receiver needy that, that are maybe just a wide receiver away. I mean, the jets could theoretically get involved with this now that they missed out on Odell, but I don't think they have to, um, they don't need to get, get desperate about it. Maybe that's for the reason why they didn't do this is they felt like it was a little too desperate at the price they were asking. And so giving up draft picks, but, but to me, like when you have an, an Aaron Rodgers window, which is at best one year, like maybe you do go all in, maybe you do make a risky thing like this and, and, and spend a little extra capital um, than, than you would in a normal year. So I, I would say, you know, the two teams that were maybe the most interested in, in Odell might be the two most interested in DeAndre Hopkins. I have a dark horse for you for DeAndre. And okay. I'm going to, again, sort of a two-part question. I would like your thoughts on the legitimacy of this team being a dark horse for DeAndre Hopkins and to your assessment of it, if it were to truly come to pass. Um, so the uh, prerequisite question for this is we both believe that Aaron Rodgers will be traded prior to the draft's beginning, right? Because yeah. the Packers are obviously interested in that capital, um, yeah. whatever it ultimately winds up being. So let's presume that that ultimately does happen. What if the Packers trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Jordan Love needs a new weapon. He lost the mighty Alan Lazard, right? Like, you know, and that would, like, also how funny would it be if, like, the first time the Packers made, like, a big-time trade for a wide receiver was, like, yeah. literally in the right immediate after aftermath that. of trading away Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, like, so, A, how 
legitimate do you think the Packers are as a would-be DeAndre Hopkins destination? Again, presuming the Packers get the necessary draft capital to acquire him from the Jets for Aaron Rodgers. And B, as a Lions fan, as somebody who the division has just been given to seemingly on a silver and Honolulu blue platter, how would you feel from a threatening perspective of DeAndre Hopkins linking up with Jordan Love? Well, I'd hate that. Uh, there's no question about it. I, 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 don't, I don't want DeAndre Hopkins anywhere near this division. Um, I think he would look sick in a Packers uniform, by the way. Like, I don't normally think that about players, but he would look awesome. That that green is no one can look good in it, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. So, um, I, I I don't know about the, the likelihood. It doesn't feel like a Green Bay Packers move. It doesn't feel like something that they typically would do. I mean, when's the last time they, they've even used – high draft resources to trade for anybody. It feels like they're a team that just, they, they, they get their draft picks, they use them and, and they, they, they aren't active in free agency. They, they just kind of build internally very slowly and methodically. And that seems to work out for them more often than not, but we are entering a new era, right? A, a new era with, with Jordan love and, and the best thing you can do for a young quarterback or a, a new quarterback, I guess I should say at this point, I don't know how young he is, um, is just support him with with as many receiving options as you have, and 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 I think they're very confident in Christian Watson being their their number one, but making him your number two to to uh, DeAndre Hopkins is is a a litany of weapons that I think would would do would probably go a long ways in making sure that Jordan Love's transition is as smooth as possible, and and I think if they were to make a move like that, suddenly. Like they are going to jump up, I think, in a lot of people's expectations because I know a lot of people in Green Bay think Jordan Love is is potentially something special. I don't know if that's just them expecting them to somehow have this crazy succession plan that always seems to work. But uh, I, I actually, you know, I, I do think it makes a lot of sense, honestly. But we didn't really hear them in on the Odell thing. Like it, it just it doesn't feel like something they'll do. They do, but it does feel like something that would make sense if that entire spiel makes sense. It also feels like you you have a obviously it's shrunken due to the last few years, but you have a very very small now rookie contract window for Jordan. Right. Like and and what what do you like? He's not a rookie, but like what do you do for your young and experienced quarterback to elevate him? You give him talented players around him. Like you know who who are the starting Packers wide receivers right now? Yeah, it's 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 uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Ellen Zerb, but he's gone now too. Christian yeah. Watson, Julio <laughs> Dubs. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, that's an elevated group with DeAndre Hopkins. You get Aaron Jones in the mix. You know, obviously yep. he's in the mix, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like, man, I'd kind of like that. Um, I, I got to say this. Like, I think this is, I don't think true for you. Um, I will hate the Packers just a little bit less when Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like he's, a, he's like one of the biggest reasons why I hate them. Uh, yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like once, once he's gone, like the, the, the healing, the infection is officially out. We just got to sweat it out. That's how I feel. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll probably feel that way until Jordan loves when it wins his first game, and then I'll hate him just as much. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wow. Uh, okay, do you have any more winners and losers related to Oda Beckham Jr. joining the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I mean, can can I say Lamar is a winner? I I, I, uh, I mean, yeah. I I think I think there's I think it shows he has maybe a little bit of pull still because it still feels like I, I keep saying it. It still feels like this is a play for Lamar a little bit. That's part of the the. The baked into the the contract even i i think so i i think i think he's a winner i think he's a winner because now he has a, a weapon for the first time too assuming he comes back and he has a little bit of power in the organization it's it's it, it feels like a, a win-win-win for him and again I, I understand some people that might look at the number that they gave odell and be like okay and you can't afford lamar for that again i don't think he sees it that way and and with the way they're probably going to structure this deal 
I think they're going to have plenty of room to, to pay Lamar in, in whatever deal they, they end up agreeing upon. So I think Odell improves the offense dramatically and uh, will improve his ability. Like, and there, there still seems to be the subset of people, especially with all the, the debate around Lamar that, that, that is, carried over this, the past four months, there's still the subset of group that feels like he's not a good passer. And when you have someone like Odell on your team, you're, you're going to show that you're pretty, I mean, he is a good passer. Uh, and, and now that he has a couple guys, he can actually throw the ball to, I think that's going to be made much more apparent to, to some of the haters out there. So I, I, it, again, it's, it's kind of a low hanging fruit one, but I think Lamar's a big winner in this. I agree with you. Um, and by the way, Rachel notes on the visual part of our broadcast that Odell has more career receiving yards and touchdowns than all of the Baltimore Ravens wide receivers currently do combined. Um, now, some of that is because Odell's been around for a hot minute. Uh, but I mean, obviously a testament to who the Ravens are in their current pass catching group. Uh, for me, that kind of segues into like a loser for me, which in a good way. So like, we're happy this is a loser um, is the future narrative. Um, because like, th- like, I'm team Lamar. I think you're team Lamar. We're, we're team. Yep. Lamar is a very talented quarterback. Um, but there are a lot of people who don't feel that way. Right. Like this is at the very least an interesting social experiment or like focus group. Right. Like at the very least, I think like we now are going to have a more legitimate chance throughout the 2023 season of gauging who Lamar Jackson is for whatever the future has in store, whether he hits true free agency, whatever, like, I, like nobody wanted to see them run it back and like, then have to continue the debate of like, well, they haven't given him any talent. And like, imagine if he had dynamic playmakers and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. So at least like we've taken a step in the positive direction um, in that sense. Um, and to spin things uh, to also keep it like Ravens related, I think a winner here for me um, to stick to your theme of low hanging fruit is Ravens fans. Um, so Rachel, obviously number one, but like it is such a dreadful feeling when you have like nothing to root for when you're like, we just have to exist until things get good again. That's how I felt after the Cowboys lost in week one, when Dak Prescott hurt his thumb. Cause it was like, Oh my gosh, we're just like, we just have to live this whole year. Like it's just going to be terrible and painful. Um, But so if you're a Ravens fan, like this, this pushed you, I think in a positive direction, is there still a little bit of turmoil and chaos? Absolutely. Is it still unideal that the franchise quarterback is not locked down to a long-term contract? Obviously, but this was a positive step. However microscopic, however baby step it was, it was a step in the positive direction. And that's a good thing if you're a Ravens fan. Yeah, no question. And, and shout out to, to my buddy, uh, Kyle Barber, who who runs Baltimore Beat. He's down. our buddy. Uh, I'm friends with him too, Jeremy. So, okay, well, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm better friends with him. I've played Rocket League with him. Have you? <laughs> I have not, uh, okay. but I have also He's annoyed close. him about Discord questions the way I have you. So <laughs> okay. That means, okay, that's fair. That proves but, my friendship level. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, I know he has been miserable really since the Lamar stuff started, you know, midway through last season or, or, or towards the end of last season. And you have the way that the playoff game ended too, where it felt like you were maybe going to pull off the, the biggest upset we've seen for a while uh, in the first round. And then, and then doesn't come to fruition and then just drama, drama, drama all off season. They haven't made a ton of moves. So there, there hasn't been a lot to distract people from the Lamar drama. And, and of course their, their standing nightmare, much like the Packers of, of not investing in the wide receiver position has finally come to an end. So yeah, this was a happy Sunday. For, for Baltimore fans. And and I, I do think it's going to lead to more happiness because I, I, I really believe now that Lamar is coming back. So I think it's, it's a, it's a win for landing Odell. It's a win for more chances for Lamar to come back. And, and, and like I said, I think if those two things happen, like, I think we can't forget about Baltimore being an elite team in the AFC and, and a, and a legitimate Super Bowl contender. 
I think that's fair. You talked about obviously their end of last season. They were a playoff team. We tend to like dismiss teams that were playoff teams that that lose in the first round. Like right. they were in the playoffs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just yeah. just because they didn't win a game, like they were in the playoffs. Um, and I know that things were uh, a little bit touch and go with the AFC seeding over Week 18 because of the canceled Bills Bengals game. But still, they were a playoff team. And I I hate to like go this far back, but they were also the number one seed in the AFC in 2021, like near right. the end of the regular season before yeah. it all felt like, so like there's some serious, like recently good football that they have been playing that we just conveniently do gloss over because of the, the uncharacteristic drama that is associated with the Ravens right now. So get it done. Ravens get this done and um, we can all be happy about it and uh, move and trudge forward. Uh, do we have anything else? Any other winners, any other losers? Speak now or forever hold your peace. I think I think we nailed it. I think we've we touched on almost every team in, in the NFL at this point. Yeah. Well, that's it's I guess my last question, uh, and then we'll do MFWP, is this was one domino that had to fall. Yeah. What are there any other non Aaron Rodgers dominoes that we're kind of like waiting on? Because this was kind of like a okay, good. Finally, we can put an yeah. end to the Odell stuff. Where is it gonna, you know, where's it gonna play? We have the Aaron Rodgers, you know, Jets thing that's pending. Any, sure. any other loose ends? DeAndre Hopkins, maybe? But other than that, maybe. like anything that we're not seeing? Not, no, I mean, just, I think, I think just it, we're, we've now thoroughly moved into draft storyline. So now it's all going to be like Jalen Carter and where the quarterbacks go and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, there, there could be a little bit of quarterback maneuvering still, still happening. But I think in general, like that, that felt like a, a final domino in free agency. Now, now I think like we're turning the page fully after this now. Hmm. As I said, that question, I think we also have to, the commander's sale. That's probably the other like big, sure. not like, you know, roster or game related, but like, that's probably the last thing. A lot of stuff happening around the DMV. You know what I mean? Like the whole neck of the woods, there's a lot of football stuff going on these days. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, how yeah. much owner talk doesn't sexy though, you know? That's true. Um, okay. My last, last, last question. And then we'll get Rachel here. Um, what do you think of the Maryland state flag? <laughs> I think it's actually kind of cool. I do not like it as part of like the Maryland football uniform when they do that. Right, right. That is just like, what are we? No, just make a <laughs> two color scheme like everyone else. We don't need whatever that is. Okay. But as a flag, like, it's you. fine. Um, yeah. Rachel, uh, please join us. And remember, before you award the MFWP, that uh, Jeremy hated on the Maryland flag <laughs> as associated as with a football uniform. So he hated on it. I did not. Um, so uh, your thoughts on everything we said, Rachel, and of course, the MFWP. I was yeah. set up. I was set up. I didn't realize. That. <laughs> you know, because I love the Maryland flag. I think it's one of the best flags by far. It's just unique. You know, can't sure. beat it. Um, I have two winners that you guys did not touch on. Well, one of them could be or, but uh, my first one is the reigning offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. That could be a winner. I could see that being a winner because, I mean, he already completely bought out last season. And so we don't know how things are going to pan out the remainder of the offseason. But as of right now, like possible top target for the Jets continuing to cement himself. So that could be a winner. Um, okay. And then also Mark Andrews. I feel like that could be a winner as well. Uh, Lamar's top target, even though he's a tight end. And so now I'm bringing in Odo Beckham Jr. Defenses are going to have to be, you know, required to try to figure out how to lock him down, which could open up opportunity, even more opportunities for Andrews if they kind of, you know, forget about him. And so I feel like both of those could be winners for, you know, the Ravens. Well, Garrett Wilson and Mark Andrews for the Ravens. 
That's well said. Elijah Moore too for the Jets. Like now, not necessarily like a trade option. With you know, he's if he's like the fifth guy. It's a big difference between the fifth and sixth guy on the team. So good point. Yeah. Um, and based on you guys' points today, I really liked Jeremy. You made the point in the beginning about just Otto Beckham being the winner that was like the low hanging fruit, but how you just touched on um the fact that he's 30 coming off of this injury. I really feel like this is going to be kind of like a prove it year for him because there's highs and lows. People have different views based off of his injury history and his age. So this will be a lot of spotlight on him. You touched on that. All eyes will be on him this season. So I feel like he's going to be a winner just because of the guaranteed money that he got. Um, RJ, I really liked your point that you commented on about um, Aaron Rodgers and how he can't be the winner forever. I thought that that was a really good point. So he's now a loser. <laughs> but that was Steve, Jeremy's yeah. point. You just commented on Jeremy's point. Yeah. He's a loser. <laughs> I also like your, RJ, your point about the uh, Odell Beckham just being in purple and black. That's definitely a winner for sure. I also really liked how you mentioned that the Giants, the Cowboys could be viewed as winners because they kind of like didn't just jump at it because of the big name. That could be good. Mm -hmm. Um Jeremy, I like your point about the Bengals. Even though I feel that like you guys could both classify like the AFC North, that could be viewed as a it's like things are shaking up a little bit now. And yeah. so both of you guys made really solid points when talking about the Bengals versus the Browns. I think I agree with the Browns more so, which is which was RJ's point. And then also right. <laughs> I loved your point about Aaron Rodgers and I loved your point about Lamar Jackson, which was obviously I think he's going to be a winner and I see him being in Baltimore this this season but today's MF Devil MVP is going to go to Jeremy Let's go. <laughs> oh. Why? I just Why? I continue to come up winners like I just I, I'm gonna get sick of it at this point why, Rachel? Why? Like what 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 <laughs> like, really why? Like, what? They, were, they were really both, what? both name teams. one <laughs> Full of notes. <laughs> the last thing you said was about his poor Bengals point and how Ooh. I saved it with the AFC North. After that, I said he made a strong point about Lamar Jackson being a winner. And also, I really liked his point about Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. And Did I didn't I, try to sabotage okay. you. So that, that that's that's what I was gonna ask. My, my 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 only question was, did my Maryland flag plant bomb? Um, did that help me at all? Like, did that did that lower his score even one percent? It didn't. It didn't. I didn't let that. Um, the the desperation is just reeking off you. Like, <laughs> this, I mean, it's almost it's almost like you're the Baltimore Ravens at this point, just desperately Whoa. trying to get Lamar back. Look at that, Rochelle. <laughs> I already that. declared me the winner. Wait. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. Ah. Uh, Wow. Um, wow. Um, I congratulations, Jeremy. Thank I would you. say well earned, but I'm not gonna lie. Uh Ooh. so uh congratulations, Rachel, on all of the content um that you'll get to enjoy as a Baltimore Ravens fan. Um congratulations on whatever future purple Jordans uh Odell wears that you will feel are necessary to be a part of your collection. Um so yeah. Um Let's get out of here. Um, I watched over the weekend the Tetris movie. It was oh. very interesting. Um, yeah, That's highly recommend. Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride recommended it to me. Um, so I highly, highly, highly recommend 
So with that being said, Jeremy, I would like you to close this out by telling us the most difficult, we talked about Detroit, the video game, the most difficult video game you've ever played and beaten all the way to completion. Ooh, I was going to say, if we were just going to go most difficult video game ever, uh, Lion King for the Sega Genesis is the correct answer. <laughs> no, but unfortunately, okay. no one has ever beaten that game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm old, all right? Uh, did you buy uh, Lion King because of your NFL fandom? Or like, is that... Look, everyone. I don't know. I mean, you're 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 like the Lions guy. Detroit on Lion is your Twitter handle. So, like, I don't my, know my, how my my you dog's know, name is Zazu as well. Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I like. I I don't beat. I I quit. Like, I I am a video game quitter <laughs> because I get fed up. Like, there is still one mission in gta 4 i want to say where like you have to run this model airplane and david cross voices the character and i can't like his dialogue i could probably say word for word because i've done that mission like 600 times and then i'm like all right i'm not passing it i'm quitting i i don't i don't need to finish this game so i'm a quitter that's that's your answer okay rachel <laughs> what's the most difficult video game you've ever completed I do not play video. The only video game I probably ever played seriously is Mario Go Kart. If I'm being honest, that's a good answer. And there's a new movie. Look at you, Rachel. This is not sponsored by that movie, but you know, there's there's that new Super Mario movie. Um, so let's leave. Um, let's see. Jeremy can be Mario. Rachel, you can be Princess Peach. Um, okay. and I'll be Yoshi. That's who I want to be. I'll be Yoshi. So, um, let's get out of here. Give, give us a. It's a me and Mario. Jeremy. It's a me, Mario. Don't cancel. <laughs>